Train Hard, Live Strong family. I really do hope you're ready for this episode. Check it out, y'all. You're listening to the Train Hard, Live Strong podcast. I'm your host, Coach Matt, owner of Athletic Beings Training and Apparel. Today, we are diving inside the mind of a Titan Games competitor, two-time CrossFit Games athlete, and doctor of physical therapy. Truly an amazing individual, an amazing competitor, and so passionate about what she does. Truly amazing. Whenever you see right now inside the mind of this amazing guest speaker and who she truly is and and all the amazing things she does with her body and how she helps other people achieve incredible things with their body as well. Truly an inspirational backstory, inspirational current story, everything about this this guest speaker right now is going to leave you inspired to get up and move and strive for your goals. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's dive inside the mind of a Titan Games competitor, two-time CrossFit Games athlete, and doctor of physical therapy. Let's go ahead and get this episode rolling. Hey everyone, Coach Matt here, and you're listening to the Train Hard, Live Strong podcast, where we bring on the top fitness pros, top fitness influencers, motivational speakers, and people who have gone through dramatic transformations, and we're all here to inspire you to believe in yourself. If you have not yet, go ahead and check out our website, trainhardlivestrong.com. You can see all the new upcoming guest speakers and all the amazing things coming your way. Welcome to another life-changing episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. This is your host, Coach Matt, and today we have someone speaking on the show that, uh, that is truly amazing. Uh, doctor in physical therapy, uh, two-time CrossFit Games athlete, uh, truly an amazing person, and her background story and everything that she does, her passion for what she does with inside physical therapy and her drive and passion and mindset for CrossFit is absolutely incredible. So I'm very excited to announce the, the amazing guest speaker today. So without further ado, everyone, let's welcome Miss Kelly Stone. Hey, Kelly. Hi there. How's it going? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Nice. Well, I'm very, very excited to have you here. You have, like I said, you have so many different you know, things that you do. And it's, it's so awesome to see, especially like a CrossFit athlete also be a doctor in physical therapy. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I think it's, you know, kind of a rarity these days to, you know, there's a lot of people that do CrossFit and work, but, you know, to actually compete at a high level and also kind of have a full-time job, I think that's pretty unique. So, so that, I know. So that, that is your life. You just do both of these. Yep. <laughs> That takes up most of my time. When people ask me what I do, I'm like, I work and I work out. And that's, that's about it. <laughs> and it sounds terrible, but, you know, it's what I love and it fulfills me. So, you know, I give up my Netflix time or my whatever time. <laughs> um, and that's just kind of what I choose to do. That is so cool. That's so cool. Okay, so for everyone who is listening right now who doesn't know who you are, uh, real quick, could you give like a nice little background story, you know, about – what you did before CrossFit and before becoming a doctor in physical therapy and just how you got to where you are right now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so I was born and raised in Lakewood, Colorado, and, you know, my most of my childhood was participating in different, you know, sports, um, primarily gymnastics and swimming, was competitive gymnast for 14 years, competitive swimmer for a long time. And so, you know, I just grew up with this um, – 
just desire to be a competitive athlete and to, you know, really dive in and kind of give it everything that I got. And I think that, you know, those experiences, you know, really dictated kind of just the path of my entire life, you know, in some form or another, like I've always identified as an athlete. Um, you know, it's really what I'm truly passionate about. And, you know, that has definitely evolved over time, but it has always been like a staple in my life. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like I said, I grew up gymnast and swimmer. Um, you know, when I went to college, I kind of decided that, you know, I was done pursuing gymnastics. I had kind of accomplished what I wanted to do. And I had spent so much time, you know, dedicating my life to that, that I just wanted to kind of take it, take a step back and take it, take a turn, um, and really focus on swimming. So I was fortunate to have the opportunity to swim division one for the university of San Diego. And that was an amazing experience, something that I'm super proud of. Um, you know, and while there, I, I, um, you know, was for a long time really convinced that I was going to go to medical school. That was what I always thought that I was going to do and, you know, just the path that I was on and, you know, I was volunteering in hospitals and shadowing physicians and I just got to the point where I felt like a lot of the medical doctors that I was spending time with just weren't really able to spend quality time with their patients. They, you know, I, and I don't think that's, you know, a knock on them personally. I just think the nature of the career just creates this environment where people, you know, they spend five minutes with their doctor if they're lucky. You know, if you're a surgeon, you look at them like a piece of meat on the table and, you know, it's just not building that personal connection that I think ultimately was something that was super important to me. So, you know, I felt I would laugh now because I kind of felt like I had like a quarter life crisis when I was like 22, you know, like, what am I supposed to do now? This is what right. I was supposed to always do. And, um, you know, so I just kind of took that time and was like, once I kind of accepted the fact, like, it's okay, you don't have to go to medical school. Like, you know, it doesn't mean your life's over. And so I just started, you know, looking into other careers and, you know, kind of stumbled, um, into looking into physical therapy and, you know, ironically, I was extremely healthy growing up as an athlete. Like I had no major injuries. I've never broken a bone, knock on wood. And me too. Um, so, yeah. Right. It's crazy. Uh, so like, you know, I never, I didn't have that personal experience going to physical therapy. So it honestly wasn't something that I was super, super familiar with, right. but you know, the more time I spent shadowing people and everything, I think I just, I liked that it was a good combination of, you know, an advanced degree, something that would be intellectually stimulating for me, you know, it's a doctoral degree. Mm -hmm. um, but it also just gives you the opportunity to, regardless of the setting you're in, build lasting relationships with your patients. And, you know, that just seemed like for me, I wanted to be on that more holistic side of health and wellness. Those are things that, you know, as I've gotten older and I've evolved, have become super important to me and are part of, you know, the things that I want to share with the world. So I think physical therapy kind of fit into that really nicely. You know, I have the opportunity, you know, and we can talk um, more about the specific settings that I work in, but just as a whole, you know, I get to build connections with people and I get to, you know, help people avoid surgeries and accomplish functional goals and like really make these, you know, lasting changes in their life that, you know, don't necessarily require going under a surgical knife or a medication or, you know, a band aid that's not actually fixing the problem. So right. for me, that's been super rewarding just professionally speaking like being able to help people where i really feel like i make a difference on things that are meaningful um and then kind of 
going backwards, um, kind of to answer your question more on the athletic side. So after college, um, I really felt like I had an identity crisis, which, I, which I'm sure is true for a lot of, you know, athletes. At some point, you're going to get to the point where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm done. Like, what do I do now? Right. And so, you know, my original thought was like, hey, I should go into bodybuilding. You know, it just, you know, it seemed like the next big thing. I've always liked to do strength training. And so, while I was in graduate school, I briefly dabbled in doing some figure competitions and definitely not something that I regret doing, but uh -huh. I definitely realized that it was not the sport <laughs> for me. Right. Um, and then just kind of funny, uh, you know, funny happenstance situation where I discovered CrossFit and um, just really haven't ever looked back ever since. So Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because with like competing, obviously, because you did, uh, it was a figure? figure yeah that's right so to obviously to 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 train for that you have to like dial and obviously with crossfit too you got to dial in with your nutrition but you got to be um at your i guess um whenever you're on stage you're pretty unhealthy because you're in such a caloric deficit and all the stuff you're training on, on top of that you're dehydrating yourself um and then compared to crossfit right you you compete at a healthy state right yeah so honestly that's been probably my biggest transformation mm -hmm. um just psychologically well-being wise is making that transition from figure to CrossFit. You know, right. I, you know, realized it's kind of a prerequisite for the sport, you know, figure bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. But it, to me, it just got to the point where, you know, I got down to eating 700 calories a day. I'm eating virtually no fat, no carbs. I'm still not losing weight, you know? And like, That's I had nuts. points where like, I felt like my brain was going to shut down. Like I just, you know, realize that something that started out as like a healthy, like, Hey, let's get in, you know, let's get in shape and let's, you know, see what your body can do, right. you know, in those final stages when you're really preparing to get on stage for me, you know, I would argue that it, it definitely crosses that line into unhealthy. Like, you know, you're taking, you know, at a minimum diuretics and fat burners and cutting water out, you know, all to stand on a stage and really have people tell you what's wrong with you. Like, I know. you know, and some people love it and like to each their own. But for me, it was just such a strange realization that it was like, I put, you know, everything that I felt like I had into it. Mm. I did what I was supposed to. And it was still, the focus was not on like, wow, you look great. It's, wow, you could look really good if you took steroids or you right. need to make your shoulders bigger or your legs smaller. You know, like it was, right. it was just like, the, I felt like I had no control. Like it mm -hmm. didn't matter the effort that I put in, the diet that I was on, you know, it was political, it was subjective. And ultimately I think to kind of get back to my more like athletic groups, I had to find something where I felt more in control of the results. And, um, you know, even beyond that, like something where I could enjoy the process. And that's something where like yes. I, at the point of my life, I love CrossFit. Like I do it. I get up every day and go to the gym because I genuinely love it. Mm -hmm. And even right now, like in quarantine, like my entire season has essentially been canceled, you know, which is a major bummer. Like that's, I had set goals for this year and those are unfortunately going to have to get pushed back. But at the end of the day, like I don't show up every day or I don't go work out in my garage gym every day because I have to, or because, you know, there's someone telling me to like, I do it because I love it and I enjoy the process and I love how it makes me feel. It's super empowering to me, you know, and the benefit of it is that 
the energy that I put into it reflects on my performance, you know, at a, whatever point that may be when I get to compete. And that's like when I truly feel like myself. Um, but you know, going back to the kind of the nutritional piece, like I have learned so much about nutrition and health, you know, in this transition, a lot of that through working with a coach who has, you know, helped me to, you know, slowly increase my caloric intake over time. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, a conversation I have with a lot of people now is, you know, it's easy to look at the end result and say like, Oh wow, she must've always been here. And no, that's not true. You know, yeah, no and, way. you know, it, it's definitely not true. Like if you look at my body development through all the sports that I did, like I was always athletic, but it's shifted depending on what my focus was. But the other piece is like at this point in my life, like my focus is not on how to have the best six pack or how to be the leanest I can. Like I am training to compete and perform and be healthy and have a consistent, you know, basis. Like it's, it's a lifestyle for me and mm. it, you know, getting to that point where you can do that and realize that like, when you treat your body well and you focus on fueling it appropriately, all of a sudden you get these, you know, awesome rewards and you end up with a body that thanks you. And it says, Hey, like, not only do you feel great, you know, but you look great and you can be confident, you know, but like, I'm not starving myself every day. I probably would shock people with the amount of yeah. food that I eat. Uh -huh. And I'm <laughs> on a kind of a personal mission at this point to just kind of get that information out to people like everybody's different but you know we have got to stop you know telling women that they need to eat a thousand calories in order to look a certain way like you don't have to do that and it's not good for you like you can find balance and sustainability you can build habits you know and find a lifestyle where you feel happy and healthy and not like you're depriving yourself 24 7. yeah so whenever you were competing and you did your figure was were you starting to notice uh stuff happen to your health so i felt like my brain function was going down significantly you know at the okay. time i was in grad school and i remember i stupidly agreed to do two shows around my finals week and i honestly don't know how i did it like i felt like my brain was going to shut down like mm -hmm. your body as you know you cannot survive without you know a baseline level of carbs and fat like it's just not healthy and you know we think about like women in particular and hormonal function like there's no way that i was eating enough and you know enough calories or enough fat to be able to function normally so you know for a lot of people like that can look like missed periods and all sorts of things and while i didn't necessarily you know get to that point mm -hmm. um because i think it was just such a short time short short enough time frame where i was able to kind of avoid that you know but i got to the point where like you know i'm eating 700 calories a day and i'm not losing weight and i'm bloated and your body's going like how am i physically not how is it possible you know mathematically that i'm not <laughs> losing weight when i'm eating 700 calories a day like it doesn't make sense and it's right. because my body was in starvation mode it literally was holding on to everything that i gave it mm -hmm. it wasn't using it to build muscle it wasn't using it to refuel everything it was in survival mode and kind of the repercussions of after that were where i really saw how much of an impact that time had on me like it took me um i would say almost two years to feel like my metabolism has had recovered enough to be able to eat a sustainable amount of food to support the CrossFit training that I was doing. Like, you know, and I had to move past these mental barriers of, you know, like for a long time, I'm like, I can't eat fruit, fruit's unhealthy and I can't eat this and I can't eat that. And, you know, you just build up this like psychological pattern of, 
unhealthy things that, right. you know, and you're like, that's not, this isn't true. Like, yeah. you know, so I think just, you know, obviously there's those physical effects, but the psychological effects were probably even more pronounced for me. And so I'm just happy to be on the other side. to have <laughs> had the support to move past that and have someone that, you know, acknowledged with me like, hey, I realized that you had this past and we're going to work through that and we're going to progress slowly. But like, I know that you can eat more food and you need to eat more food and I'm going to help you get there. I'm going to show you, you know, how great that can be. And I'm so happy to be on that other side now. You know? yeah. And I just like, I want to share that with people. I want, you know, people, you know, regardless if you do, you know, shows, but just mm -hmm. show that like, you know, it's an evolving process. It's a lifestyle um, that you choose, but like, you know, when you get to the other side, like it really is an awesome feeling. Yeah. hundred percent. So a lot of people are like, you know, so focused on the physical aspect, right? Like, Oh, I want to look like this, you know, especially, you know, females, they want to accomplish some sort of leg sculpt or, or abdominal sculpt yeah. and stuff like that. You know, um, whenever you go and compete for a show, you're obviously having to sculpt your body like a specific type of way. Cause you get judged like that. Right. But sure girls and females who compete in CrossFit, their physique is incredible as well. So how, how much has, and obviously whenever you go on stage to compete figure, you're dehydrated and all this stuff. So like you look just like one big muscle, but when sure. I, your physique, how much did it change from competing figure to now doing CrossFit and eating all these calories now? You know, it's honestly probably not nearly as much you know, not as different as you'd think. Like I right, definitely right. was probably a good 10 to 10 to 12 pounds lighter when I stepped on stage. Mm -hmm. Granted, you have to realize that probably five to five pounds of that or so is water weight. Um, you know, but I think people are surprised nowadays looking at me and saying like, you know, I, people all the time are like, Oh, you must weigh like 130 pounds. And I'm like, Nope, I'm like 154, 155 pounds, you know, and people are surprised, <laughs> but I'm like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the scale says, you know? So right. in terms of like, I think I have better muscular development at this point because I've been able to feel my body enough to really build that muscle, especially upper body wise. You know, I always struggled even when I was doing shows to build shoulder muscles. And, you know, I've always been, you know, pretty, pretty fortunate to like, I naturally have big legs. I have big mm -hmm. quads. Like that was, you know, if anything, when I was doing shows, it was like, stop doing leg training. Like we don't <laughs> want your legs to be any bigger. We need to get skip leg day. <laughs> Seriously, like I wasn't allowed to squat, you know, and all these <laughs> things. And, um, you know, so now when I've just kind of focused on trying to be the best athlete that I can for CrossFit, you know, I feel like at this point now I have a well-rounded physique where, yes, like I, you know, have a lot of muscular development. I'm probably not all, maybe, you know, 4% body fat difference, you know, but... I'm, I feel like so much more of a capable athlete. Like, you yes. know, that's, and that's honestly the thing that I love most about CrossFit. It kind of goes against that whole, like the whole principle of, you know, sports specialization, you know, like if you're a strength athlete, you should only do strength. And if you're, you know, a runner or a distance athlete, you should only do that. But right. for CrossFit, you have to be good at everything. So like, you know, I love that I can, you know, clean and jerk 235 pounds and I can, run five miles and I can, you know, do 25 strict pull-ups, you know, like all of these things where like, I feel like I'm, I feel capable, you yeah. know, I feel much more capable, you know, just as like an athlete and just like for life than I did as a bodybuilder. Like, 
you know, I look at some, some of those people and kind of laugh, you know, and I feel like I can because I was there. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I'm like, a lot of those people aren't, I wouldn't consider to be fit. Like they're not healthy. They're not fit. They look a certain way. And yep. that, you know, that takes a lot of hard work and effort. And I do not discount that at all. But like, if you told, you know, you take a bodybuilder and you tell them to go run two miles, like <laughs> you'll find out soon, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I was joking. Like if the zombie apocalypse happens, I'm going to be ready. You know, like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm going to be ready. Uh-huh. You know, and even in like these types of circumstances, like quarantine, I can't imagine what some of those people in that sport are going through because they don't have a foundation of being able to necessarily adapt and exercise. And like, this is like the pinnacle of CrossFit. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie and say I don't miss my gym. I love it. I miss the community. But like, I can pull together a few pieces of equipment and pretty much maintain my fitness level at this point. Right. Like the Murph. Little things. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, that's also been awesome too. It really makes, you know, it really makes you take a look at like, what do you actually need to be successful and how dependent are you on all these other things, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I definitely feel like I've, I'm not the same person, person or the same, quite the same physique as before, but definitely not for the amount of like, you know, caloric difference between the two. I don't think it's nearly as different as people would think would think right yeah exactly so like your physique has changed a little bit but the biggest change was like your mentality your like psychologically yep absolutely my mental health (laughs) yeah yeah and that's huge man that's like big you need that in life yeah absolutely you know and it's funny because i i have people a lot that we talk about nutrition and health and it's like oh don't you get sick of you know watching what you eat or tracking or whatever and for me like it's just a lifestyle it's a habit Mm -hmm. at this point i do it because it's something that I have control over and it's something that makes me feel really good and I like the outcome. So like, I don't see it as a burden. It's not, you know, just like, I don't see exercise as a burden. It makes me really sad. And I know there's so many people out there that look at exercises. I have to do that. And I, you know, I blah, blah, blah. And like, for me, I love it. And I feel like I have a special appreciation for it considering the population of people that I work with who Mm. aren't necessarily able to move the way that they want to move and have physical limitations. And so I feel very fortunate that I get to wake up every day and do the workouts that I want and, you know, really have that be such like a quintessential part of my life. Yeah, hundred percent. So, okay, so that's I, I'm glad you brought that up. So, you uh, as a physical therapist, what, you specialize in what? So, I have spent majority of my PT career working with children, um, and so cool. primarily in a home health sense. So, you know, we tend to think of physical therapy as you know your sports guru, mm-hmm. you know, orthopedic sports type stuff, and. Well, I do do that. Um, that's a subset of what I do. Um, majority of the time that I've spent has actually, like I said, been working with pediatrics. And so I work with kids with a variety of diagnose- diagnoses from um, birth to 18. So I do a lot of infants, a lot of zero to three-year-olds. And it's not injury-based. It's way more function-based. So, you know, I get kids that maybe aren't crawling on time or walking on time or, you know, have coordination issues or the other large subset that I do is, you know, like Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, spina bifida, all these other specific diagnoses that inherently, um, 
lead to physical limitations. So, you know, it sounds kind of crazy, but like I get to go into people's homes. I work closely with these kids and their families to accomplish these functional goals. And, you know, it's been so amazing to watch kids where, you know, we take for granted that we can get up every day and walk. And for some right. of these kids, like taking their first step is such a huge thing in their life and maybe something that they were told they would never do or never thought that they could do. So I never take those things for granted in my life. Oh my gosh. Okay. So real quick, I got to ask you. So I'm, whenever I train me personally, I'm like an emotional kind of trainer. I like to use like energy. I like to use what's uh, inside of me, you know, what's in my mind or something that's, I guess, uh, you know, making me angry or sad or whatever, you know, Um, with you working with these kids and helping them get better whenever you're training or you're you're competing do you use the experience that you like do you think of these kids whenever you're training and and competing absolutely you know they have influenced me in a way where you know not only am I so thankful you know for what I get to do but you know I really whether they're there or not like I want to be you know, that role model for them. And, you know, I like to do things that push me out of my comfort zone and, you know, just try different things because, you know, maybe, maybe they won't get to do that. Or maybe they'll see me and say, you know, Hey, like I want to do that when I get older. Like, I think it's, you know, having role models and people in your life that really care for you and are, you know, symbols of, you know, whatever's important to you. I think that's super valuable. So, you know, like I love that, you know, when I have parents and I have kids that are like, wow, you're so strong. And, you know, if, if I tell, you know, if we're working on, you know, whatever, it could be pushups, it could be, you know, doing like an animal walk, like that I can actually get down there and do it with them. Like that's something (laughs) like practice what you preach, like be able to show them live by that and be a symbol of kind of what you're fighting for. And so, um, absolutely. They have, it's it's definitely not the setting that I intended to go into originally, but kind of just stumbled into it and haven't really been able to get past it because it just gives me so much joy. I get to, you know, like I said, I build those relationships and I feel like part of their family at times. And so, you know, I just, you know, I always, regardless of whether they're watching me or not, like I want to be that symbol and just remember how thankful I am for the opportunities that I have to do what I do um, right. when others may be a little bit less fortunate than me. Yeah, see, that's beautiful. That's amazing. I like that. Um, with uh, So physical therapy, right, whenever someone gets, I guess, a um, uh, surgery on like ACL repair or something and they have to, they have to do physical therapy because um, they have to in order to walk again or, or whatever, right? Um, yep. Do you see a difference in like clients like that versus these clients, these young kids who they don't know how to use proper motor skills? Yeah, it is a very different population. And um, I, you know, I do both at this point now. I've started mm-hmm. my own small practice, um, working out of the CrossFit gym that I go to, you know, seeing more of your traditional type sports, um, orthopedic type patients, you know, but it is a very different mindset. And, um, you know, if you're kind of where you're coming from, where you're going, different expectations, you know, some of the kids that I work with, they may, you know, we may just be working on how to make their life a little bit easier, how to, you know, make it so that they can participate in a family activity or, you know, support them in those ways. It's very different than saying like, oh, you were an athlete and you got injured and now we're going to get you back to there. And right, right. Ultimately, 
I enjoy working with a variety of people and I like that I have that variability in my career. And really the only thing that's most important to me is that people value my time. So I don't care if you are a two year old or a 90 year old. I don't care if you're a high level CrossFit athlete or, you know, a stay at home mom. I don't really care as long as you buy into what I'm saying, you value my time and like you want to get better, whatever that means for you. Like that's different for every person. That's different for every family. But like, I just want you to show up and want to get better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's honestly the biggest biggest piece for me like helping people that want to be helped yeah right okay good good so um with you know how okay so earlier you said that you don't you feel like you don't have to train you just love it so much that you do train that yeah. that that mindset that you have do you see that type of mindset in these kids also like that they want to because they want to learn how to move better uh that's a funny question i think you know for a lot of the kids that i work with they want to, but they may not necessarily know that. So, you know, I have had many a patients where, you know, I come in and, you know, I'm always going to be supportive and stuff, but I'm going to push you. Like I know it's time to work, you know, at this point, like, you know, what we need to do to kind of push that along. And, you know, it's hard to sometimes be the parent that says, Hey, we're going to do this, this, and this. So like, I'm happy for a little while to be kind of that bad guy person that comes in, you know, and respectfully, you know, pushes your child to accomplish things. And so I, for a while, you know, and with a lot of kids that I work with kind of get that pushback, you know, but I have support from family, you know, and ultimately once we get there, you know, you can just see, even if they can't communicate it, but how happy they are to have accomplished these goals. Like there is, you know, nothing more rewarding than watching a child do something for the first time that, you know, that they couldn't do before. And they may not, you know, like I work with a lot of young kids, you know, a lot of, like I said, infants, toddlers. So they may not be able to look at me and say, you know, thanks so much, (laughs) Kelly, for doing that. But like, you see that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been the person that's, you know, had children take their first steps into my, my arms or, you know, doctors told them they wouldn't be able to do something. And I'm like, no, I refuse to believe that. And like, we figure it out. So, you know, seeing how grateful, you know, these kids can be in their families, like they're showing up, they're letting me come into their home every week. You know, they are giving me the good, the bad and the ugly, and we're working together to accomplish things. And there's something that's so like real and raw about that. Like it's, yeah, there's no, like, you know, you can show up at a clinic and, you know, say you did your exercises and kind of, you know, schmooze over what the act, what's actually happening. But like when I actually go into someone's home, like I'm there, I can see it, you know, there's no kind of phasing me. Like I see it all good and bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but that also gives me the opportunity to really help support, support these families and these kids, you know, to do things. And even in this context in quarantine right now, like I'm working via telemedicine and you know that's been such an interesting transition because you know now I have to do everything through a computer screen and I'm used (laughs) to you know having my hands on kiddos and really helping facilitate these things and so now I've had to really kind of push that um skill onto the parents and say okay like we're gonna do this but now you're in charge and I'm gonna coach you and I'm gonna watch you do that but you know it's been kind of cool actually to reverse that role a little bit yeah. and then instead of them watching me do something with their child now I'm gonna tell you and I'm gonna watch you and see how successful you can be um, so yeah so I think you know kind of back to your original question just the whole nature of it like 
the family unit, they're showing up, they're implementing the strategies that I give them every week and they're working towards these things. The child may not, you know, know it at the time, but you know, nine times out of 10, once we get there, like I know in my heart that they are so happy that they put that work in. Yes. That's awesome. So you, you go from working with these, these young kids to like going into a box and training with your, so whenever you went to the CrossFit games, it was, uh, it was with team, right? So 2017, 2018, um, I was on a team for my gym, CrossFit Omnia. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so that's crazy. So you, you go from, so you're a team, you, you work with these kids and, and the families and you guys are a team and then you go and train with your team. Like that is, it's two different worlds, but you're benefiting from both. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, I, like I said, I love CrossFit and, you know, having, you know, the structure of CrossFit has changed and evolved a lot within the last year or so. And, you know, may, you know, that comes with, you know, good and bad, mm-hmm. but I'm so thankful for those um, opportunities that I had to be on those teams um, at the CrossFit Games. And, you know, one of the things that I'm really most proud of, honestly, in my entire athletic career is that, you know, both of those years that we went, like we were one of the only, if not the only team at the CrossFit Games that had all members that had legitimate full-time jobs. Like that's <laughs> something that is so impressive to me. You know, like yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, like it's, it's impressive, you know, to compete at that level regardless, even if you're just training full time or you're coaching at a gym. But when you take like six people and you have a firefighter and you've got a real estate agent and you've got a physical therapist and all these things. And, you know, we somehow found a way to come together and be a unit. And like in 2017, we got 13th at the games. And like, that was so awesome to me. Like we showed up, we figured out how to compete against these people. They get to train together, eat, you know, way more than we do train together every day. And, um, you know, that's something that they can never take away from us. You know, like we, we did that and it was super awesome. So yeah, that's so cool. So it seemed if it seems like you've always been kind of fascinated with, with the body. Yeah. I would say that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you obviously you're a physical therapist and now you, you, you train CrossFit and just just like you said earlier, it's like so many different things, you know, overall you're fit. So, uh, mm-hmm. so it seems like you'd have to be like really in love with exactly what the body is capable of doing. Yeah. Like I think, you know, my love for just how the body works, you know, it probably originated back in my early years of gymnastics and just, you know, I was like, you know, I look back at pictures of myself and I'm like, man, I was like a Jack seven year old, you know, because I was <laughs> training four or five hours a day yeah. and, you know, I had, you know, these really intense, you know, Russian Romanian coaches and, you know, it was such a, a disciplined environment, you know, that, you know, a lot of people I think that were competitive gymnasts, they look back on that as super negatively, you know, but um, I feel like it really shaped who I was, like not only my love of the body and just sports and athletics, but also discipline and time management and, you know, how to work you know, work under people and take, mm-hmm. take advice. And, you know, so many of these life skills that I feel like really set me up for success in all aspects of my life. Right. That's awesome. And with you being a doctor in physical therapy and, and all the experiences you have, especially with like competing in figure, which is like, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. you competing in figure and then now you being, you know, a CrossFit athlete, I think it's pretty crazy, but all that, do you feel like it makes you just that much of a better athlete in CrossFit? I think so. You know, they always say like, you know, you don't, you're not necessarily, 
you know, you, you don't have to be, you could be a good coach or a bad coach, to, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a good athlete or a bad athlete, but I think my insights and my background, you know, especially PT wise, you know, I'm just a lot more aware of movement mechanics and injury prevention strategies and, you know, the importance of having a good balance between mobility and stability. And so I think those things have really kind of carried over, you know, really nicely into CrossFit, you know, my, I think I've always had a really innate um, body awareness sense, you know, probably, like I said, going back to gymnastics, and that's been super helpful in my transition into CrossFit, Um, you know, but it's like, I, I, you know, I make a point to make sure that I'm moving correctly and safely. And, you know, I film myself a lot so that I can watch and pick apart those things to not only make sure that I'm safe, but also to maximize my performance. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, if you don't have that background, you know, you're kind of relying on other people to give you that input and say, Hey, you're not doing that right. But you may not know what right is. You know, I think a lot of people like they don't, they don't know what they don't know. Mm. You know, like I can look at a movement that I do a snatch and say, Oh, like man, I need to get better at this piece. But like, I can recognize what that is and then hopefully take the steps, you know, with the help of my coach to help me get there. Um, but you know, if you're looking at a movement or you're just doing a movement and you have no idea what you're supposed to be doing, how are you supposed to be able to know how to fix it or make it better? You know, and so I see a lot of people that are kind of just spinning their wheels, you know, doing things, you know, or following a programming that is just generalized or has really no specificity to them. Mm -hmm. And honestly, one of my biggest pieces of advice for people who really want to be successful in CrossFit, um, and this is probably true in any sport, but you've got to find those things that you need to get better at and like how to fix your weaknesses and target those strategically because, you know, just more is not always merrier. Like just because you can work out five right, hours right. a day doesn't mean you're going to be a better athlete. Like I mm-hmm. know people that, you know, work out one to two hours a day and are way more successful because they're targeted in their approach and they strategically tackle weaknesses. They don't waste all of their time doing things that they like and not things that they need. And so ultimately, like that's what I always say. Like if you, if you're just training for health and wellness, like you should do mostly things that you enjoy and maybe, you know, get, get out of your boundary a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, and do a little bit of stuff you don't. But if you want to be an athlete and you want to compete and you want to be successful, you have got to prioritize the stuff that you don't want to do, the stuff that you're not good at. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's hard to recognize those things sometimes. Yeah, and that's how that's definitely how you can separate the the best from just, you know, people who are just there, you know, because a lot of us and that can go in life as well, you know, whenever you don't want to do things that you don't want to do uh, or whenever you have to do things that you don't want to do, like with your life or with your career or school or your relationship, um, and you end up doing them, then you then you benefit from that. Same thing with like these sports. You do things, yeah. you work on your weaknesses, and it makes you just that much more of a competitor. Sure. Yeah, I would say um, the only thing that I think sometimes gets in my head is, you know, at sometimes like my my athlete brain and my PT brain go brain go head to head. So, you know, like oh, about okay, a, year, a year and a half ago, like I had a back injury. And so uh-huh. my PT brain is going, you need to stop, you need to heal, you need to be safe. And my athlete brain is going, no, your team needs you, you have to keep going. And so sometimes they kind of butt head to head. And I really have to sit and think about like, okay, what's what's my best course of action that's, you know, combining both of those things together. So, so usually they work well and sometimes they kind of butt heads. So it's been okay. kind of an interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So how, how, how did you dissect that, that injury or that the obstacle and how, how did you get away from it or how did you get benefit from it? 
Oh man. So yeah, that was a stressful year. That was 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a back injury that happened right after the open that year. So my team had qualified to go back to regionals. We were hoping to qualify to go back to the CrossFit games. And you know, that it was such a stressful time for me because, you know, I felt so overwhelmed with, you know, having this injury that I didn't really know what exactly was going on. And I was frustrated because I felt like, Hey, I'm a PT. I should know what's going on. And so my brain was thinking, especially because it's a back injury and, you know, we, um, you know, in my experience, people tend to associate a lot more fear and anxiety with spine related conditions. Like it's, you know, something that's pretty well studied. Like, you know, you say your, your wrist hurts and we kind of all realize, okay, it's going to get better. It's annoying. But for some reason we tend to hold more anxiety and fear surrounding back conditions. And it's one of the reasons why like low back pain is such an epidemic, um, in the United States. Um, But, you know, so when I got into it, it, you know, I felt like I couldn't break out of that cycle, even though I knew better in my head that like, oh my gosh, this is my back and I'm jeopardizing, you know, my long-term health and, you know, and I wanted to keep training to be able to support my team and do what I loved. But I also, you know, was worried that what I was doing was, you know, potentially really damaging. So Mm -hmm. I struggled during that time and I definitely don't think it was like a steady course, you know, but I got to the point where it was like, okay, like I am going to, you know, eliminate as many controllables as I can. And, you know, like I stopped pulling from the ground. I, I tried to avoid pain at all costs. I did the bare minimum training that I needed to, to be there for my team. And then beyond that, I focused on, um, all of the other things that I could do that may or may not help. You know, I went to, um, a PT a couple times a week, you know, to get that outside hands-on support. I went to a sports right. chiropractor a couple times a week. I did cryotherapy. I was taking CBDs. I was focusing on my sleep, like literally everything that I could possibly do in my control. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. And at some point, some combination of that and rehab exercises, like it got better. And I was fortunate that I was able to compete and it didn't sustain another injury. Um, you know, but that could have looked very differently. It was something that was not a clear cut decision. And, you know, I'm thankful now to be on the other side of it and hope that it never happens again, <laughs> but, yeah, it's you, know, good. Really, you know, renewed respect for how people really feel during some of these injury states, because like I mentioned earlier, I've been remarkably healthy my entire athletic career. So that was really one of the first times in my life where I felt so out of control and so just like, what is going on? And I don't know yeah. what to do, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's crazy, man. So with, um, so there's a lot of, you know, well, through my experiences too, I grew up playing sports as well. I grew up playing sports. I, I began doing a lot of like weight training when I was in the military and, and I, I've done like my own, never broken anything or nothing crazy like that, but I've had like, you know, pools, I've had, you know, pains in certain areas and I've always fixed it myself. I've done like, kind of like what you said, always, I was huge. I'm very huge in recovery, self-therapy. I love that stuff. Um, sure. So when anything happens, you know, I like to take care of it, but there are like tons of people out there who get injured and push through the pain and then get more injured and there's people who get injured and then kind of go for like a fast type of band-aid i guess like the the cortisone shots and stuff like that but do you believe like you can just you can heal an injury depending on the the severity of the injury but you can heal the injury by self-therapy and just working on your mobility and just working on yourself self-love yeah i think you know it obviously depends on the case i think sometimes you know it is really helpful to have that kind of outside perspective. Um, but I think like a common misconception is that, 
you know, the best response in times of injury is to just stop doing everything, like just lay on the couch and stop moving. Like, and that really is not supported in the research. So it's about eliminating things that are causing pain. And then once you've achieved that, finding out ways to figure out how to knock it back into that state, you know, like, do you just have a fluke? You know, if you just had a fluke accident and something happens, like that's probably just something you're going to have to recover from and then kind of start fresh. But, you know, if you had a mobility, or a stability impairment that led to you getting injured, once you kind of tackle the pain component and kind of the inflammation and kind of get back to a baseline, then it's up to you to figure out how to keep that from happening again. And I think that's where a lot of people fall short. They, you know, can kind of get through that initial phase, but then they may not be able to figure out, well, why did I get hurt in the first place? And how do I keep that from coming back? So like for me with my back injury, it was a big wake up call that like, Hey, I thought I had good core strength, but when it came to CrossFit specific, you know, pulling, you know, pulling core strength and a deadlift and a clean, you know, I wasn't able to do that very appropriately. So I kind of had to swallow my pride a little bit and start from ground zero and really build up that ability. Um, and now I'm still thankful because I feel like I'm a much better athlete because of that. But I don't know that a necessarily, I think people could be capable of doing that on their own, but I don't know that that necessarily happens. That yeah, absolutely. And and that's, I totally, everything you just said is like dead on. I totally agree with everything you said, how people, a lot of people do get injured and then all of a sudden like, okay, I can't do nothing because anything I do causes pain. But I like when you said that eliminate the things that cause pain and start working working yourself back up you know because your body was designed to move right to move yep yeah. movement pain you know if you can find a way to move you know in a modified direction or a modified way but keep moving like that is a much better stimulus for healing than just being static <laughs> so, yes exactly yeah. exactly mm -hmm. so whenever you're doing like uh you're competing or you're training and you're going through like that that rough right like that rough time where it's painful and like you don't know you know your brain's thinking like because obviously pain is like a um a transmitter right like telling your brain like hey you need to stop because there's painful so like you know slow down but like you push through it right especially whenever it comes down to training or competing are there like things that you tell yourself um you know i guess like affirmations or motivational quotes that you might have that you continuously tell yourself uh, whenever you're training and you're competing and it's like it's hard it's rough you know i think um i I like to set very specific goals for myself. And so when it comes down to, man, this sucks or man, this is hard, you know, I can look back and be like, but accomplishing that, you know, or doing my very best to get there is so important to me that I'm just going to push through and do the best I can. Because at the end of the day, even if I don't meet those goals, like all I can look at is the amount of effort and work that I put in. And if I'm proud of that, like, I'm not going to have any regrets. So, you know, I think, yeah, I think goal setting for me personally has probably been the most valuable, you know, set short-term goals, set, set long-term goals and refer back to them often. So you have that reminder of where you want to be, you know, if you, you know, and I, I've been sharing that a lot again, referring back now to quarantine time and, you know, I'm not here to tell people, hey, you should be doing this during quarantine or you should be doing that. We all have our own experiences. But yep. for me, I have goals. They don't stop because of quarantine. And 
I'm going to keep moving forward, even if it's not in the most ideal circumstances, because I truly believe that if you really want something, um, what matters most is how you respond when things get tough. Like it's easy <laughs> to show up and work hard when everything's perfect and you have the perfect scenario. But the, the, the thing that separates people from those that actually accomplish their goals and those that don't are how you respond when things get hard. So if your you know, response is just to give up and say, oh, I'll just start over later, like what's going to happen when that person next to you striving for the same thing worked your butt off the whole time? Like where is she going to be in three months and where are you going to be? You know, and that's, that's just kind of my mindset. That's my philosophy for life. Like I believe you have to work for everything that you get and the work that you put in really will translate into what you get out of it. Um, regardless of where that upper limit ends. But if you don't try, if you don't put that effort in, um, you can't look back and say, well, why, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? Like that's, that's just excuses. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, exactly, exactly. Cause it's, um, it's you, you know, it's, it's people are, are working, you know, so hard for specific goals. And, and if you want the same thing, then, then you're going to have to go through it too. Yep. And that's huge. So other people's goals don't have to be my goals. It should be, you know, you don't need to do what I do, but mm -hmm. I do the things that I do to support what I want to achieve and everyone has to kind of find out what that looks like for them. But I'm just not a big fan of excuses. Like it's easy to sit down and, you know, point the finger at somebody else, but ultimately, you know, I don't know where that's going to get you in the long run. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, with, um, I'm pretty sure you've experienced this too, or you maybe, you know, have seen other people as well go through this, but I have, uh, I've met a lot of people who have, um, who have gotten injured and this injury is not like it's not major it's like a just a regular pain right just like a, a knee injury or ankle injury or wrist injury or whatever right something not too big but um they they accept that uh that injury and they feel like they can no longer do something or they can no longer do that anymore so they quit right yeah if, so anyone listening right now that might be suffering with that what kind of words of like encouragement especially based off your education and being a competitor in crossfit what would you tell someone right now that has has gone gotten an injury um yeah. and and they're wanting to quit oh it that's like one of my it makes me cringe i hate it you know like and i <laughs> okay I go go especially <laughs> when i like there's other healthcare providers that will perpetuate that fear and say like you know i i have people all the time like oh i saw so-and-so and they told me i should never crossfit again and like that literally like it breaks me i hate it you know like i believe like like yes yeah, like we need to have realistic expectations like you may not be able to you know, do everything at the highest level for your entire life. But I feel like there is a way to incorporate all those things you want to do. And an injury should not stop you from doing that. Like an injury is just showing you that you have holes that you need to fix. And it may take some time and effort to figure out how to fix that or how to modify it. But there is no reason that you cannot go back to doing the things that you love. Like I don't believe it. I think that, you know, it's just kind of owning up to that and realizing it may take some effort. You may have to take some steps back and fix some things or work with a professional. Um, but an injury shouldn't be something that stops you from doing what you love. Oh my gosh. That's, you know, <laughs> I, I agree with you uh, with everything I got in my body. Cause that's, I, I've seen people get injured and, and, and that's it. And then all of a sudden, you know, six months, a year passes by and they've gained like 30, 40 pounds. They're lazy. Yeah. Now they got high blood pressure, high cholesterol. And now the injury is even worse, you know? Sure. 
Um, and, and it's crazy, you know, and also too, on the other side, you have some people who have like knee pains or back pains and they're, you know, like a hundred pounds overweight. Sure. Yeah. Also, it's like, you know, you have to be kind of accountable to your health. And, um, you know, I think one of the reasons for me why I have chosen to kind of seek out other learning opportunities, you know, surrounding nutrition and, you know, strength and conditioning and some of these other avenues um, that are complementary to physical therapy. But, you know, I am someone where like, if I'm going to be successful as a provider, I have to be able to address the whole picture. Like, you can't, you know, just like you just said, like if you have somebody that is, you know, quote unquote, a hundred pounds overweight, subjective, whatever, mm-hmm. somebody who is overweight, you know, and is chronically inflamed because of the foods that they eat and what they put in their body. Um, it's not realistic to say, here's a couple exercises that are going to make your, you know, your knee pain go away. Like there's a much bigger elephant in the room that we need to talk about. And like, yes, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you need to go on a diet, but I am going to at least be honest with you about all the factors that are impacting your current health status. So, um, you know, if you, like I said, if you're not on a health conscious diet, if you're not eating foods that support an anti-inflammatory state, you know, if you're carrying around excess weight, like those are going to lead your body to break down invariably at some point. So if you're not willing to at least acknowledge those as a factor and maybe take steps, you know, forward to fix that kind of bigger picture, I think you're going to find that you get stuck. So, and that can, you know, vary from a lot of people, but I like to be able, like I will be that person. And even if they don't want to hear it, like at least have that conversation, like health is a big picture. And you know, that's one thing that like, I get so mad when I hear about like physicians, like, Oh, you have pain. Here's a narcotic, like here's, you know, have some more opioids. Like, no, let's stop and figure out like what the problem is. Like, you know, most people, especially like in a back pain sense, like those people need to move. They need to develop core strength. They need to exercise. And that can be at a very low level, but that is something that can, they can fix without an outside bandaid. And ultimately you're not helping someone if you just give them a bunch of narcotic drugs and tell them they're going to be fine. Like that, that literally, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I, I know I could I could see I could tell I could tell um I I feel like I could talk to you for uh, for hours about all this stuff but uh that that's awesome do you you do you get like a lot of questions on maybe on your Instagram like do people reach out to you and ask you about uh you know just ask you questions about either anything physical related or like uh, athlete related Yeah I feel yeah. like you know this um over the last year I have really put more targeted effort into building my social media and you know, I kind of struggled with that for a while because I don't, I'm not one of those people where I feel like just because you have a social media following gives you validity as a person. Like there are plenty of people out there that have a lot of followers that are just spitting bullshit (laughs) to be, you know, quite frankly honest. Um, but I feel like we live in a world where, like it or not, people give value to those that have a following. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, Mm -hmm. but it's a reality. So, um, you know, if I can find a way to, you know, be true to myself and put out good information that I feel like is actually genuine and helpful in building, you know, positivity and health and quality of life, you know, and successful habits, 
that, you know, having a platform to do that is super valuable. And like, I want to be, you know, someone that combats a lot of those stereotypes and those negative things out there. And, you know, the quick fix diet plans and the, 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 the tea, the weight loss teas and just like all this like crap that I'm like, we have got to stop telling people to eat a thousand calories or less. We have got to stop you know, marketing these quick fixes, like that's not going to help anybody. And mm-hmm. it's just giving people unrealistic expectations of how they can actually be accountable for themselves and their health. So I just hope, you know, like I, I make an effort, even though it can be draining on me at times, but to try to respond to all the questions that I get and, you know, connect with people and provide recommendations as, you know, uh, as much as that I'm able to, because I want to be a source of inspiration and just guidance for people who like really want to get better. They just don't know what they need to be doing. And that can be true in a variety of different senses. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. So everything you just said right now, all the listeners that we have now currently in the future, where is like the best place for them to find you? Um, yeah, so pretty much um, mostly active on my Instagram at the current time. Um, my handle is kelstone35, so that's usually the best place to reach me. Okay, awesome. That is, okay, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, so for everyone listening right now, if you've grabbed any sort of value or any sort of education or you just loved everything that Kelly was talking about and just her passion in this, or maybe you've had an injury or you know someone who's had an injury, all we ask is that you simply just share this episode you know, to your Instagram story, Snapchat, Facebook. And uh, just like she was saying, you know, she wants to, to help you guys out. She wants to you know, uh, give you the education that you might need so that you can fix something you know, uh, accordingly and in the right way. Um, so yeah, so you know, the more people can get to listening to these episodes, the more lives that we can all change together and that's what we're trying to do over here but everyone thank you for listening you just listened to the train hard live strong podcast i'm your host coach matt our amazing guest speaker kelly stone and as usual y'all get out there train hard live strong all right everyone bye You just finished another amazing episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. If you have grabbed any sort of value from this episode, all we ask is you simply share it out to your Instagram story, Snapchat, send it to your best friend. If you want to know when the next amazing episode of guest speakers are coming on the show, make sure to check out our website, trainhardlivestrong.com. And also, if you want to see the sickest apparel, go ahead and check out athleticbeings.com. We'll see you all in the next episode. Coach Matt, peace.